Hi everyone, welcome to Passion Week 1010, where we gather for 10 minutes of devotion at 10pm to reflect on Jesus' redemption works over our lives. Tonight's the first part where we'll be looking at how Jesus has redeemed our personhood. When I think about the word personhood, I think about our entire being, our body, our soul and our spirit. What then does it look like when we say Jesus has redeemed our body, our soul and our spirit? Let's first talk about the redemption of our bodies. All of us in one way or another and in varying degrees have experienced pain, weakness and even the breakdown of our physical bodies. Whether it's a common cold or a life-threatening disease like cancer, or we may have even gone through a form of physical abuse. Because of sin, we all go through and suffer its effects upon our bodies. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds we are healed. The Word of God tells us that Jesus took up our pain. He bore our suffering upon His own body, and it is by His wounds that we are healed. Yes, the Son of God, though He had no sin, He experienced every pain imaginable. And this means that He has felt exactly what each of us has felt when we go through physical pain, when we go through sickness and disease. It is amazing to think that God would suffer this for our sake. Because of the power of the resurrection of the cross, we now have this hope of healing for our bodies, even while we are here on earth. How then do we appropriate this in our lives? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Jesus called His twelve disciples to Him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. In the same way, we as children of God, we have been given the same authority to pray for healing and to declare life into sick bodies of those around us. While we do have this hope of healing in this lifetime, I'm also reminded that we have an eternal hope and this hope is of a glorified body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 to 44, Paul, in talking about the resurrection, says this, Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to life forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. So for us who believe, the brokenness of our bodies and even death is temporal. We can look towards an eternal hope of a glorified, strong, disease-free and spiritual body. Amen. Now let's move on to look at what it looks like for us to experience the redemption for our souls. The soul refers to our mind, our will and even our emotions. Besides the physical pain that all of us go through, there is also the internal pain and the anguish of the heart that we all experience sometime in our life. This can be in many forms. It could be anxiety, it could be depression, heartbreak, grief, and even mental illness. We may be going through this ourselves or it could be affecting someone that we love. So when this happens, what hope of redemption do we have? 
Firstly, we have the assurance that He is with us and He will comfort us in the midst of every painful situation. Psalm 23 verse 4 reminds us, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So in this, we know that we will never be alone. Jesus, our Good Shepherd, is with us and He walks with us through the darkest valley of our lives and He Himself comforts us. Secondly, for those of us going through any form of emotional pain or mental illness, I'm reminded that as Jesus went to the cross, a crown of thorns was placed on Jesus' head and after that, the soldiers began to mock Him. Jesus not only took on the physical pain of the cross, but He suffered shame, ridicule and even betrayal from those closest to Him. Because of this, our emotional and mental pain can also be redeemed. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The work of redemption means we no longer need to live in fear, in shame, in mental torment, but we have the hope of His love and we have a hope of a sound mind. And finally, there is the peace of God that is available to us. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus was preparing His disciples for His eventual return to the Father. And He said this to them, Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, there's a verse that we all know so well. And it says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we see in these scriptures that there is a promise of peace that now becomes available to us. I believe that all of us, to some extent, are going through a time of transition and uncertainty as we navigate through the new and constantly changing circumstances around us. As we go through this season, there are many things that will be beyond our control, but these scriptures give us the assurance of peace in the midst of it all. And this peace is unlike anything the world can give us. Amen. We have had a glimpse of what the redemption of our bodies and souls can look like. And now we go into the final part. We go into what I would consider the most powerful and significant part of our personhood, which is our spirit. In Genesis 1, we see that God made plants and all kinds of animals according to their kinds. And then in verse 26 and 27, God makes us, mankind, according to His image. So it is in the likeness and image of God that you and I are made. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And indeed, this is true. God, who is spirit, breathed into man the breath of life, and only then did man become a living being. Because we were made to live and have our being first from our spirit, the work of redemption of our personhood also first begins in our spirit. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, the new is here. And in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, that it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus, through the work of the cross, has fulfilled all the requirements of the law. And He has also made a way for us to no longer live our lives governed by our flesh, but we now have the freedom to live a life governed by the Spirit. I have now one final thought before we go into a time of reflection. Now, I was driving home yesterday and I was worshipping God in the car, and suddenly I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me that it's the work of redemption that I can even come into His presence to worship Him. In John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, God is Spirit, and His worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Even this has been purchased by His blood. And so because of this, let us not take lightly the precious gift of God that we have, that we can worship Him, be in His presence, and even have the Holy Spirit dwell in us. So let's now take a moment to pause and reflect. Can I just encourage you for the next two minutes or so, take your Bible, a pen, or even your, your e-journal, whichever you're comfortable with, and just join me in reflecting on the key scriptures that will be shown on the screen shortly.
I hope you had a good time of reflection in the last 2-3 minutes. Why don't we just end this time in prayer? Father, I just want to thank you so much for the work of the cross that has truly brought redemption to our whole personhood, our bodies, our soul and our spirit. Father, I just want to thank you that it's because of that work on the cross that we can see and we can fulfill and we can appropriate the fullness of healing, the fullness of restoration, the fullness of redemption in our lives. Father, even right now, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters who may be in a season of waiting. They have known of the fullness that's available to them, yet they have not experienced it. They're in the season of waiting to see the fullness. Father, I just want to pray grace of God upon them even right now. Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that may they experience the grace of God even to go through this season, whether it's a physical sickness, whether it is a situation that's beyond their control. Father, I pray that in the midst of the waiting, they will not lose heart. I pray that they would fix their eyes on what is unseen, that they will be able to fix their eyes on that which is eternal, that while our physical eyes may only be able to see that which is temporal, but Father, give us spiritual sight to be able to see, to be able to grasp that which is eternal the glory, the eternal hope of glory that you've given us. So Father, I thank you for what you're doing, what you continue to do, and what your cross will enable us to see the fullness of in your time, in your time, Father. So Father, I thank you for this time that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.